Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 211 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Parasitic mite syndrome has taken hold of one of my colonies. To help the colony recover, I've opted for a shook swarm comb replacement. Stay tuned to hear how to carry out this straightforward technique. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's a gloriously sunny morning here at the Norfolk Honey Company HQ. Those of you that have joined me for my Coaching Plus Zoom meetings will know exactly where I'm sitting in these corridors of power. However, I'll leave it up to your imagination for those of you who haven't joined me here in my office. Just don't imagine anything too grand. It's really not. Anyway, it's beautifully sunny, although there was a slight chill first thing this morning as I had my first coffee outside in the quiet of the early morning and a chance to think back at the past week of beekeeping and how things have moved on again. Oh, it's Saturday. Just for context, you understand? This week has raced by, as they always seem to, and this week, and probably future weeks through the season, I'll be writing and recording the podcast on Saturday mornings, and probably afternoons. The first thing to say is the oilseed rape is completely gone. As with most years, the bright yellow fields suddenly, almost overnight, turn a pale green, before losing all of the flowers, turning bright green and then dark green, and, well, that's it for another year. Colonies that have foraged well have filled around three supers. Most have a couple, and some have none. It is ever the way with beekeeping, of course. We never have every colony stacked high with supers. But there are always some that, for whatever reason, seem to struggle. I'll come on to one colony in particular in a short while. This is the shook swarm discussion for today. But first I wanted to mention the field beans over at the farm. I'm feeling hopeful. Ever the optimist, I know, but we've had a little smattering of rain. Not much, it has to be said, but it might be enough for the beans to produce a little nectar. And if they all produce a little nectar, that might fill up some supers with honey. These field beans were winter sown, this means early flowering, and as it happens, they seem to follow on from the oilseed rape almost exactly. This year, there's been probably a one-week overlap, but not much more than that, which means the bees can continue to forage and hopefully our spring crop yield will increase a little more. Just thinking back to the oilseed rape, I've pretty much missed the optimum time to remove it and get it extracted before that granulation process kicks in. I noticed a couple of frames in a super yesterday that had started to granulate, so if that's the case across all supers, 
I'll be cutting out honey and wax rather than extracting it. To be honest, I kind of anticipated this and so I'm not too upset about it. You sometimes just have to accept that you can't do everything and something has to give with all the videos and podcasts and meetings and emails and mentoring, all of those thrown into the mix. Well, it does become tricky to manage everything. That said, I wouldn't have it any other way. Steph has a Bob Marley poster that says, live the life you love, love the life you live. Or it might be the other way around, I can't quite remember. But that's exactly me right now. I couldn't be happier with the way the Norfolk Honey Company plans are going this year so far. Obviously, lots of eggs to hatch, chickens to count and all that stuff, but we seem to be managing it okay thus far. Thinking about getting the honey out of the supers, I was asked how you know it's ready to extract by a new beekeeper who is looking forward to their first spring crop. Well, it's all in the shake. Frames of honey don't have to be completely capped before they're removed and processed, but you do need to be careful that the water content is low enough that the honey doesn't start to ferment once extracted and in buckets or jars. If you can get it down below 18%, I find that a good number. 20% is the absolute top limit, but lower than that is much better, safer. If you have frames that are uncapped and you're keen to get it off and extracted, a simple shake of the frame will show if the water content is low enough for you to take it off. Hold the frame above the super that you've taken it out of and give it a good two or three shakes downwards towards the super. If any nectar shakes out of the frame, then unfortunately it's still too high in water content to extract. That's for the vast majority of beekeepers. There are such things as honey dryers, would you believe, but that's a completely different ball game and not something even I've ever gotten into. If you do extract and find the water content is a little bit high, and you can check this with a simple refractometer test, you can recover the situation by putting the bucket in a hot conservatory for a few hours, if you have one, and that will probably be sufficient to evaporate some water from it and reduce the overall percentage water content. Just remember to check it regularly and don't forget to put the lid on overnight, otherwise the honey will suck moisture back in from the atmosphere. It's hygroscopic so it will absorb water if it's left uncovered. I think we'll be taking the first batch of spring honey off next week, so do look out for the videos and pictures of our work as we see how well the colonies have performed this spring. As I said earlier, some colonies won't have performed as well as others. This can be for a variety of reasons. Genetics, poor overwintering, slow growth in the early spring, failed crops, and in some instances, pests and diseases. This week, we dealt with just such a colony over at the farm by using the shook swarm method of comb change. Before I explain, there is a video on Patreon showing the technique, and that will go live on YouTube the following week, so do take a look at it if you want to give it a try. It's really quite straightforward. So, this colony was just not building up any nectar or honey stores in its super, and I had noticed that there was a problem developing in the brood box a few weeks earlier. To be honest, I should have carried out the shook swarm at that time, but I just wasn't prepared, and then it slipped my mind until last week. 
The brood frames of this colony looked really sickly. Signs of sac brood, possible chalk brood, desiccated larvae, dead larvae, black and shriveled in the cells. And the problem had gone from just a few larvae being affected to lots and lots, I would say hundreds, over the entire brood box. Now, this isn't a foul brood issue. If it had been, the treatment would have been far more drastic and involved calling in the bee inspector. This colony was just being hit with multiple challenges, and the main culprit is, of course, the varroa mite. The effect is sometimes called parasitic mite syndrome. The result is a dwindling population of bees that becomes weaker and weaker, eventually leading to the collapse and death of the entire colony. It is possible to treat a colony with the usual chemical treatments, but more and more beekeepers are looking for alternatives to the constant use of invasive and potentially toxic chemicals, and I'm no different. Now don't get me wrong, these treatments are an important part of the armoury used by beekeepers in maintaining a healthy colony, and I will continue to use them, but sometimes you need to do something a little more urgent, and that's where I find a shook swarm to be invaluable. So what's it all about and how does it work? Well, the colony in question is probably loaded with varroa to the point of collapse and it needs to be helped urgently. A fast and effective way of dealing with the varroa is TCR, total comb removal, otherwise known as a shook swarm. The life cycle of the varroa mite necessitates that they occupy a sealed brood cell in order to reproduce. If we remove all of the sealed brood from a colony in one hit, we effectively remove a very high percentage of varroa mites from that colony immediately. Along with the varroa mites, we're also removing any pathogens that might be lingering in or on the comb, such as viruses, bacteria and fungal infections. It just makes sense to do it. Now, if you happen to have fully drawn clean frames of comb, even better, but foundation works just fine. The process simply takes each frame from the old brood box and you shake the adult bees from the frames one at a time, that's frames one at a time, not bees one at a time, just thought about to clarify that. Anyway, one frame at a time, shake off the bees into the new brood box. Before you shake off the bees, have a quick look for the queen and if you find her, either cage her or transfer her to a frame in the new brood box. Shake all the remaining bees into the new box, remove the old hive completely so that the bees are now in a completely clean hive with just frames of foundation. A couple of tips to make sure it goes according to plan for you. Firstly, place a queen excluder between the floor and the new brood box. There is a chance that the bees, along with their queen, may try to abscond. Preventing the queen from leaving will, in most cases, prevent this from happening. Secondly, add a feeder and give them plenty of syrup. Remember, they're weak from the varroa infestation and need all the help they can get to rebuild. Keep the food going in until they've rebuilt all of those frames of foundation back out to fully drawn comb. And if you're using frames with drawn comb, I would still give them a good feed just to allow them to refill some of those frames with stores that they can then cap and hold on to. And that's pretty much job done. 
Now you have to wait for them to gradually build up again and for that brood to emerge and begin helping the colony back to full strength. Now one final point to mention, I talked about the varroa being inside the sealed cells of the comb that you've removed, but not all of the varroa will be hidden away and it might be prudent to give the colony an oxalic acid treatment prior to any brood being capped over in this new hive. But make sure that you wait until the queen is laying eggs again over several frames and this will ensure they don't attempt to abscond for a second time. Once there are frames with sealed brood, I would happily remove the queen excluder from beneath the brood box and pop it back on top, potentially with a super on top, and away we go for the rest of the season. Now, what I've just described is the perfect scenario. Sometimes colonies will be too weak and may have to be transferred into a nuke box. Sometimes they're too far gone and will still collapse and die. If you find a colony with advanced parasitic mite syndrome and you do all you can to help but it's too late, I would just review how you've inspected and managed that colony and see if, honestly, there was anything you could have done better or sooner or differently to have helped them. Clean all the kit that you've removed and start over once more. And whatever the outcome, use it as a learning experience and look out for it in the future inspections that you carry out. Just thinking back to removing supers, don't forget if you've ordered and received a spring sample pack from the National Honey Monitoring Scheme, remember to take your sample and get it sent back to them and then you'll be able to order your summer sample pack. Finally today, and somewhat overdue, I've just started to get set up for some queen rearing. It's not really gone exactly according to plan, but at least I've made a start. Let me explain. So this last week I chose a colony to act as my cell builder colony. This is a colony that's made hopelessly queenless. And when we put our grafted larvae in, hoping that the bees mob the larvae and feed lots of royal jelly in order to produce a new queen. I've already started to prepare our mating nukes in readiness for accepting these queen cells. So as soon as they're ready, they'll be moved into these queen mating nukes and I'll show you those on a video and talk about those another time. So what's gone a little awry? Well, the colony I selected as my donor colony, this is the one that I want to use the larvae from to produce the queen cells. This colony appears to have gone queenless. They don't appear to have swarmed, the queen was clipped, yet there are no eggs, no open brood, no queen cells, just a box and three supers full of bees. She's not in the supers before you suggest that, and I'm left scratching my head as to what's happened. It's like she's on a very prolonged brood break. I couldn't find her, and she has a distinctive dot, a very distinctive dot on her thorax, so she's always been fairly easy to spot. Anyway, I've added a frame of eggs from another colony to test if they're queenless, so we'll see the outcome next week. The other slight bump in the road is the cell builder colony I've chosen. A colony so full of bees, they're bound to produce nice queen cells, but they seem to have far fewer bees in it than I thought. I removed the queen and a frame of brood into a nuke to make them queenless, and yesterday, when I went back to knock down queen cells to make them hopelessly queenless, there really didn't seem to be as many bees in there as I thought. Perhaps they were all out foraging, who knows. 
Anyway, I'm all set to graft into the JZBZ cell cups that are now inside that colony being cleaned up by the bees in preparation. I sprinkled some sugar syrup on them to encourage the bees to get onto them and hopefully that will increase the acceptance rate. So tomorrow I'm back to the apiary to sit quietly and graft some larvae and we'll see how I get on. Well that's it for this week. Have a fun beekeeping week. I hope all your supers are heavy ones and I'll catch up with you all again next time. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.